unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel, and a return of a very special guest today. I'm super excited for today's episode, so I'm just going to shut my mouth and hand it over to you, David. Okay, Nathan, um, and you may want to jump in because this is a pretty exciting discussion, but uh, we have the Sherlock Holmes of internet marketing, Marin Baraket, and, and so... Um, he came across something that's actually kind of serious, uh, some impending news. And we're just going to jump right into this. I'd like you to imagine a day in the future when you can't use lead magnets or opt-in marketing methods anymore to get new customers. Imagine you can't use outbound telemarketing either. Now, this dystopian future, this fantasy has nothing to do with government regulation or, you know, uh, malware on the internet or anything like that. It has to do with one of the friendliest, warmest, you know, squishy, uh, companies on the internet on the planet. Or so you thought Apple and they are kind of gearing up to make your job close to impossible. Well, that day is actually coming. It could be as soon as September 17th of this year. Um, the company is Apple, like I said, and the Sherlock Holmes of marketing, Marin, has done some detective work to discover all of this, and he's got proof. And before we get into this disturbing situation you absolutely need to know about, here's a friendly message from our disclaimer department. At the Copywriters Podcast. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Marin, welcome back, and let's jump right in. How did you discover this? What did you see, and what should we be worried about? Well, first of all, thanks for having me back, David. And I want to say, in your disclaimer, you say you are responsible for how you use everything you heard on this show. I think yeah. everybody listening, if you are involved in online marketing and you don't use what we talk about today, you are also responsible to what might happen in the next few years. You're starting to, your to sound a little like Jay Abraham. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I don't know if that was a compliment or not. We're not going to open that on the it show is. right now. <laughs> he says you have a moral obligation to make as much profit as possible. There you go. So anyway, um, as you hinted at the beginning of, uh, of the show, this thing I discovered is going to have massive, massive implications for telemarketers as soon as September 17th. Email marketers get to look at what Apple is going to do to telemarketers and say, uh-huh, I see where this is going and we're going to get a chance to prepare a little bit. In, in many ways, it's a shot across the bow. 
But in essence, you know, if you look at internet marketing for many years now, the most obvious funnel that almost every company uses is you put a lead magnet, you send traffic to that lead magnet. And let's say about 10% of the people who download the lead magnet buy from you. That's great. They become customers. Everybody else, you keep mailing them over a period of time until they eventually hopefully become customers, right? That's, that's how we do internet marketing. That's the funnel, yeah. That's what we used to be able to do. But soon Apple is going to put all of that at risk because the kind of race you're racing with email marketing is 2% of the people on your list change their email address every month on average. Meaning after one year, 25% of the people on your list, poof, gone, you cannot email them again. So that gives you like this many months to try and sell them. But, and as I said, most of the selling is done there. Like the 90% of people don't buy right after the lead magnet, they buy after they get to know you. But what if Apple took away your ability to have them get to know you? Well, that what would be very good. Of, yeah. No, because what Apple are doing, and we're seeing the first step as soon as September 17th, and we'll talk about what is unique about this date um, in a few minutes, I'm guessing. What Apple is doing is basically allowing people to basically have emails that self-destruct and remove themselves from your list once they got the value they wanted. And that, you know, if you think about how hard it is already in a competitive market to generate leads at a profitable price and sell them. If instead of losing 25% of your list a year, you would lose 80, 90% a year, not a lot of businesses can survive that without adjustments. Okay. So that's scary as hell. Um, could you describe an email that self-destructs and how it works? And Yeah. So let me tell you how, how I know about this and why, why Apple are even doing this, like what's going on here. And it all starts with a patent that Apple has um, sent into the patent office back in 2014. And back then, a lot of Apple geeks were paying attention to it. Um, and Apple described an integrated system that allows easy creating and using of disposable email addresses. So the word is disposable email addresses, right? Yeah. So the keywords are disposable email addresses, limited lifespans. Um, and when Apple came out with it in 2014, everybody was like, or all the Apple geeks, it didn't really reach the internet marketing circuits. Um, Apple geeks were like, wow, this is interesting. But then the patent kind of went dormant. Apple really did nothing about it. And I began to think they just forgot about it, moved on. Um, and it's important before I tell you, yes, the, the, the patent is waking up and is waking up in a very powerful way, um, perhaps scarier than I imagined originally. Um, but let's just explain really quickly what Apple patented and how that is unique. What Apple is saying is everybody can set up a disposable email address even today. You just go to gorillamail or something like that.com and it gives you like an inbox that expires after an hour. But it's not private. You don't know what they're tracking, what they're doing with your emails. It's not easy. The UI, the user interface is not nice. And it's just work. And what Apple patented is saying, instead of having one email address that expires after an hour, and then you need a new one, what if you could have unlimited email addresses that actually link behind the scenes, forward behind the scenes to your address that you could create and dispose quickly and easily, you know, the Apple way. That's what the patent is all about. 
And it's important to note that when Apple described the use cases of this patent in the, in the patent, um, they talk about all online commerce activity. They're not talking about just Apple. They're not talking about just apps. The, the spec of this patent is massive. But until recently, it didn't seem like anything is going to happen. Until WWDC, the Apple developers event a few weeks ago, where they released the developer preview, the first initial release of iOS 13, the new operating system for iPhone. Okay, let me, let me um, interrupt you for a second. So when you originally told me about this, you said this is important because a lot of internet traffic, and including a lot of people who are going to be opting in for lead magnets, Apple happens on an iPhone or on an Android phone. A large portion of that is going on. And um, I want to jump ahead a little bit on the technical stuff. If you have like a Samsung or any number of other um, Android phones, you're going to be able to use this, this same Apple thing, right? It's platform independent. Yeah, so he, here's the really scary thing. Originally, like literally when you and I first talked about this a week ago, when I said, David, maybe we should break this on the show, it still seemed like it was going to be an Apple thing. And when I say an Apple thing, that still means, um, you know, a huge portion of smartphone devices in the United States. I'm looking at the stats now. Um, it's 41. Oh, I can't see the stats right now in front of me. I can't, I lost it, but oh, there it is. 45% of smartphone users in the USA use Apple. That's already a huge portion of the smartphone market. And most e-commerce this day is happening on mobile. So it began by saying, okay, this is going to impact 45% of the phones. And that is true for telemarketers. But this thing with disposable emails, that's coming to every phone on the planet, every desktop, every tablet. Apple doesn't care. They're going to let everybody use this to increase their privacy and reduce spam. Wow. Okay. Um, and then. Tell us about the telemarketing aspect of this, because um, while I don't particularly love, I think I got two of them from Marriott yesterday about how I am getting a free vacation that I didn't ask for and don't want, and so I hung up on them. All of those calls, if you push one button or click one switch, um, as of the new version of iOS, are going to be able to disappear? Yeah, so one of the biggest pet peeves US smartphone users complain about is spam calls. It's phone calls from companies doing telemarketing. And Apple has heard they heard the 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 all the pain and angst that people are experiencing. And in this WWDC event, they revealed two features. One is about email. I'll describe that in a second. The second one takes far less time to explain. It's a little toggle switch on your settings on your phone that says, silence all calls from unknown numbers. Now, these are not unknown as in when you get blocked number, on, like you can't see the number. Any number not inside your context list will go automatically to voicemail. Wow. Okay. So uh, this, is, this is very powerful telemarketing. So let's take an example. Um, uh, let's say I, 
I buy a supplement from Victor Urbina's company. Victor was on this call. He was one of my um, mentoring clients. He has a supplement company. And he would, um, you know, he, he had a telemarketing center, which took the orders. And then sometimes would call back either to check up or to see if you wanted to buy more or to make a different offer. Those calls would be seen as unknown, even though you have a business relationship with his company and that call exactly. center and it would go to voicemail. And, um, I, I think that's really bad news. You know, I, when we were talking about this, I mentioned a blind date that I had that I wanted to, uh, share with you and you thought it'd be a good idea to talk about it on the podcast too. Long, long, long time ago, I, um, I can still remember. I can still remember. Sorry, that was Don McLean. Yeah. (laughs) I was looking for a new girlfriend. I'm fortunately very happy now, but at the time I was looking and I had a blind date with a woman from match.com or something like that. And we met somewhere. And so, you know, we got to, so what do you do? She said, well, and she said it sort of with her nose up in the air. Well, I'm a lawyer for the Apple store. If you have anything that you're selling and you want to put it in the Apple store, it goes through me. And she said, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm an internet marketer. And she said, oh, you're a spammer. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we didn't have a second date. I bet you're not surprised, <laughs> but, and it looks like none of us are getting a second date with Apple. Uh, no, I mean, she, she may be in a very powerful position of control right now. Um, and she may still be bitter that there wasn't a second date. Well, sorry, <laughs> the chemistry just wasn't there, but you know, uh, to me, that's sort of the attitude. They are the world's largest company. They don't use direct marketing. They have everything pretty much through retail and they do sell through their website and through Amazon, but you know, they got the position where they can be more of a branding company than a direct company. Um, it, it seems like the same attitude is going on here because this Apple patent, it's not going to take effect in September for everything, but for, for people who are developing apps, Yeah, so let me explain, not just apps, David. Um, And I think the scary part is that Apple are doing it the Apple way. I know the patent says we'll make it easy, but boy, have they made it easy and have they given people a good reason to use it. And I think that's this really scary part. Um, Before that, I'll just you know, open a little loop and say, you know, telemarketers are listening to this and thinking, oh, well, it's just Apple phones, only people who install iOS. 13, like we're going to have some time. People don't upgrade so quickly, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Not true. Not true at all. 75% of Apple phones will have iOS 13 by January. That's how quickly they're going to just take over. So we're talking 30 something percent of the market. The telemarketers will not be able to call anymore because let's not sugarcoat it. Nobody is whitelisting and adding companies to their contact list. That's not happening. Right. Um, and we'll get to solutions, potential solutions to that at the end if you want. Okay. So back to the email thing. The really amazing thing that Apple showed, again, is how easy it is. You know how in apps or websites, you have this button that says sign in with Facebook, sign in with Google. Right. And it's always so easy. People love it. And actually, there's a lot of sense from a privacy point of view. 
you don't create passwords, you don't give your email, you don't do all these things. Everything runs through Facebook or Google or whatever. It's a bit more secure. Um, so Apple is saying, you know what? We're doing sign-in with Apple. But when you sign in with Apple, a pop-up comes up and it says, do you, wanna, do you want us to give them your Apple ID or do you want to hide your email? And we'll give them a disposable email address. That is the first time we see that pattern from 2014 um, back in the limelight. And I shared a screenshot with you of exactly what it looks like. Like it just says, here's the name we're giving them. Here's the email we're giving them. Do you want to hide your email? The use case is so obvious that a large, large portion of the people are going to go, yeah, why not? Why not hide my email? I'm a little bit confused. I just have a question. Is this only for people that have Apple emails? Right. So let me address that. So first of all, the way it's going to work is you can click sign in with Apple. And you can have an Apple account, whether you're on Android, whether you're on iPhone, whether you're on Microsoft Windows desktop, doesn't matter. You can have an Apple ID and sign in with Apple. Now, if you have an iPhone, it'll be an even bigger no-brainer because as soon as you do this, you can use Face ID or Touch ID to log in to every service you use. You don't need to remember passwords anymore. And that's where Apple are really going to kill it. Now, you may wonder, if Apple are opening the ability to hide my email address, why would apps say yes? Right? Like, Why would they allow Apple to do this? And this is where it kind of goes to your blind date story um, because Apple is going to force them. If you want to have an app on, uh, on the Apple App Store, that allows to log in with any external service like Google, like Facebook, you're going to need to allow users to log in with Apple or you're out of the App Store. And that means poof, it's going to just you know, get into millions and millions of apps as soon as September. But how is that going to influence the pop-up that shows up on my website? I, I don't see how... So that's, that's why I'm saying this is the shot across the bow. The system that Apple, and that's a great question, the system that Apple describes in the patent is way bigger than what we're seeing from them right now. What we're seeing from them right now is a major reason for concern for anybody who has an app because their best customers, which is their app users, so the best prospects leads for paid uh, memberships can hide their emails from them starting September. For us, email marketers with the pop-ups right now, there still isn't a sign-in with Apple. But interesting things happen when Apple starts pushing privacy as a big thing, as a, as a mission to the world. It started with them talking about the Facebook Pixel and changing Safari, and now Google are forced to change Google Chrome to limit our tracking ability as marketers. Email is next. If Apple opens up the API, or I should say when Apple opens up the API of sign-in with Apple, you could have... Just like when you have an email field and it offers to pre-populate it with your name because the phone knows, the phone could easily say, use your email or a different email. And right now, in these early days, these disposable emails are not going to expire unless you go into a menu and, and make them destruct and distract them yourself and expire them yourself. But again, going back to the patent, where Apple is going with this, they're talking about a functionality where you could say, if I don't open three or four emails in a row from this mailer, just dispose of this email. And, and that's the scary one, thing. one other thing is that they make it very convenient because this email is like a redirect on a website. Stuff comes to that email and then it gets bounced over to exactly. your current email. So 
it's very convenient to use. You could have a million different disposable emails and you don't have to keep track of anything. You just get the email coming in and you say, okay, I'm tired of getting stuff from, uh, I don't know, this you know, email marketer. And, and you just... Just click, but click. the thing is, David, the I'm tired of getting stuff from right now, only 41% of email readers act on this feeling, right? 41% of people, if they get an email they don't like consistently, emails they don't like consistently, they unsubscribe or report as spam, which is the same as unsubscribing for all purposes. But you have 59% of the market that are still passive. And if Apple, first of all, they introduced this in app, but if the patent says our vision for fixing email is having mechanisms where you could say in advance, I want this to expire in a week. I want this to expire once I'm done reading from them. That is where it gets really scary, I think, for internet marketers, especially when you look at what they're doing for telemarketers. It's not like, oh, Apple would never do that. Uh, no, it looks like that's exactly what they might do. So slowly, step by step, Apple is closing in. It's like they're starting to paint email marketers and telemarketers into a corner one step at a time. Nathan, you had a question. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering about list health. I know that if you have a lot of bounce backs, if you have a, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, emails on your list that are no longer active, that actually sends messages to, to Gmail and some of the other ones that you're not a good person to receive emails from. How is this going to affect the people that aren't using this this opt-out uh, option. So if I understand correctly your question, you're saying, and I'll just explain, when people have a big mailing list or even a small mailing list and you send an email, there's a number of people who have replaced their email address and that email address bounces, meaning you send the email and the service says, sorry, this address doesn't exist. And Gmail and Yahoo and and Microsoft, all of them are tracking how many bounces every sender gets. And if you get more than one in a thousand or something like that bounces, um, you start getting into the naughty list. And on the naughty list, your emails don't get delivered anymore to real people who actually want to hear from you. And Nathan, if you're saying, hey, if emails start, you know, if disposable emails start expiring without people even telling us, will my bounce rate go up and will it affect me in negative ways as a sender? And I would say absolutely. Um, because, you know, Gmail or whoever, they don't necessarily know what's a good bounce, what a bad bounce. And the other part of this is Android and Apple are consistently playing these games of everything you can do, I can do better. So, you can expect a similar feature once they figure out how to override the patent from Google as well. Now, in the initial stages, if all the bounces are going to come from a specific Apple um, domain used for disposable emails, maybe it won't affect us yet. But I think, again, the key here, this is a shot across the bow. This is where Apple is going. And by definition, where Apple is going is where tech and internet is going. Let's not forget, they were the first to remove the floppy disk from a laptop. They were the first to put a CD-ROM disk in a, in a laptop. They, and they were the first to remove that too. Like Apple determines where the market is going. And if Apple decides, you know, this is so serious, we're going to force every app in the world to work with this starting September. I think it's pretty clear everybody listening who relies on 
lead magnet marketing needs to look into other options to reach these precious leads before they self-expire. If it doesn't happen in September, it'll happen next September. Okay, so you said we we're going to talk about solutions. Let's talk about solutions. Let's talk about solutions. Well, actually, there's there's a lot of facets to looking at this. Um, and that's why, David, you suggested very smartly that we hold an online mastermind for everybody listening on the show and a few interesting guests to really review and get give the full details on these things. So do you want me to in, tell people about this mastermind or do you want yeah. me to go into a few? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's, let's talk let's mastermind. Because we're, we're just about out of it. So we, we're calling it the day after email mastermind. And I know this, again, might sound scary to people. It is scary. Like, again, Apple is killing inbound, uh, outbound telemarketing September. Who knows when they're going to pull the plug on email? Who knows how the market is going to respond and how people are going to start saying, hey, I, I don't want to give emails anymore. Disposable email addresses are a great idea. Do it like Apple. It's so easy. So that's why we're having the day after email online mastermind, how to survive and flourish once Apple carpet bombs email marketing. And I think those, it might sound like big, scary words, but I think I'm understating the risk here for people. We're going to talk about how to make sure you get people's real email addresses in a new world where everybody signs up with Apple, or at least plenty of people sign up with Apple. We're going to talk about email and telephone alternatives. So how to get higher opens and higher click-throughs than ever before than you're getting with email today or you're getting with phones today. Because there are ways to get into people's phones and people's lives that are way more effective than email these days. And as a little hint, part of those tools, everybody talks about bots. We're going to talk about the truth about bots and the key to making them work. And that's all coming... Um, we don't have a final date yet, right? But it's coming sometime in August. And we have a landing page for that. TheDayAfterEmail.com. TheDayAfterEmail.com. And David, it's something you suggested we do for the audience of the show. So I should say David has been very, very generous and convinced me we're going to run it for free, despite the fact that we're going to have a few interesting guests on board. And uh, I invite you all to participate. And David, you'll be participating there and helping us come up with the strategy for the day after email as well, I expect. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I wanted you to announce it since this is your show. Um, and I'd, I'd like to participate. And we are going to look at specific strategies. I, I can't tell you who, who the guests are yet because neither of us know. But we're going to try and find people who either know how to keep i mean really know how to keep people on um and want to stay on an email list or people who know how to operate entirely outside of email like facebook and so forth so this this ought to be good the day after email.com right i think we can share with the audience we came up with a with a hit list of like 15 people and those are like the 15 people in the world where if email died tomorrow i think they can make their business work the next day like that's how effective their strategies are. And that's why I want to bring them to this discussion. Yep. So I, I guess that's about it. Uh, Marin, th thank you. Th thank you for scaring the living shit out of me about, about uh, Apple and what they're doing, because I think our podcast listeners need to know about this. 
And I'm, I'm really And if you're listening on an Apple podcast app, please review and rate the show. It might be the only way to <laughs> oh, get in touch with you. that is dark. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's right. You should. Yes. So, Nathan. Uh, uh, I just want to say this whole episode has been uh, a waltz back in time to my conspiracy theory days. And it felt like it felt like a, the day after tomorrow promo. But man, all of this is legit. And uh, some of this stuff is some of this stuff has been things that like behind the scenes I've talked with Ben Settle about and he's been planning for this. And um, some of the other email marketers that I know that are big in the email game they all know that this is coming and they're all trying to get their contingency plans in place and in order. And uh, I know personally, my business relies heavily on email and I'm thinking about going back to direct mail or, or maybe text message marketing. I'm not sure, but um, this is definitely something that people need to be prepared for. So one more time before we're out of here, where do people go if they want to sign up for this webinar? So once again, that's thedayafteremail.com. And I would say it's not a webinar. It's going to be an online mastermind. People are going to get to participate, ask, ask questions. It's going to be a real learning experience and a real working experience rather than a lecture. Because we're not going to lecture. There's really smart, savvy people listening to this show, and we're going to figure it out together. Sounds uh, good. Well, thank you, Marin. Um, <laughs> no. <I'm- laughs> Really happy. We have time to relax until September. That's true. Have a great summer, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, Marin, thank you both for a truly horrifying podcast episode. <laughs> until next time, make sure that you're checking out more episodes over at Copywriters Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Catch you next time. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so you never miss an episode. Brought to you by the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.